Where you see chaos in your business, EVC's systems and processes. Airtable, ClickUp, Dubsado, Repurpose IO, game-changing tools that will bulletproof your business to automate repetitive tasks and withstand anything. What CRM are you using? What project management system are you using? Even if you're a solopreneur, how these systems can help you outsource tasks as your business evolves. It's all right here with business efficiency and productivity consultant and owner of SEV, Yvonne Hyman. Coming up on today's episode of Funktastic Chats. And just like my brand grew, my comfort level of being me grew. Since I first discovered ClickUp, I've been saying ClickUp is like Asana and Trello had a baby on steroids. Bulletproof to me means building businesses in a way that it can support you when you need it. Evie has been featured on Forbes, Thrive Global, Huffington Post. She's a star in the productivity and task management world. You ever said this to yourself before? I could sure use a couple of days off, but I'm not sure how to make that happen without tanking my business. It is possible, and Evie makes that happen for entrepreneurs all around the world. If you're tired of doing this alone and you have no idea what the right tools and strategies are, Evie's company, Ask Evie, is the answer. A vetted ClickUp consultant, we're going to be talking a lot about ClickUp today. ClickUp is an app to replace them all. I'm talking about Asana, Trello, Google Docs. Anything you can think of is in one place, and that's in ClickUp. It's more than just a task management. ClickUp offers docs, reminders, goals, calendar, scheduling, even a full inbox. It's fully customizable, and ClickUp works for every type of team, so all teams can use the app to plan, organize, and collaborate. Welcome to Funktastic Chats. I'm your host, Mike Zabrin. Funktastic Chats is a podcast that includes essential information for all small businesses. Industry leaders join every week to help you monetize your passion, automate repetitive tasks to allow for more time for what you love, how to convert more leads and turn clients into brand fanatics, and thrive at what you do. Enjoy this episode as we discuss bulletproofing your business to survive everything that life throws at you. Evie is a business efficiency coach helping digital entrepreneurs automate their business so that they can dominate their industry. She has over 10 years of experience organizing and streamlining businesses into profitability and success. And since moving to the U.S. in 2007, Evie has been helping empower entrepreneurs to successfully run sustainable businesses while enjoying life. She's been featured in publications like Forbes, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and BuzzFeed, and is a contributor for Social Media Examiner. She helps to accomplish balance between business and personal life and helps you streamline your business, build residual income, and find passive income strategy that fits you. Make your business work for you so you can enjoy all the good things in life. So we're talking to Evie from Ask Evie. Hi, Evie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey there. How are you? (laughs) So I read at the age of 22 you owned a local pub in Germany. What was that experience like? A pain in the butt. I love hospitality. I love the energy. I loved working as a server. I loved working in the kitchen. But man, it's not an easy job. 
it's not. Again, it's How'd like you get into that. Oh, my life. I started out helping in one of one of the friends of my parents had a hotel where we used to live. So in spring break and holidays and stuff, I just helped out in there and kind of got into that. And I'm like, to me, the easiest job to get into is a server. It's like, that's especially when you're a girl and you look cute, you always make good money as a server. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I then, mean, I don't know, but I, I can imagine. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it just works. And used to work, yeah, I've, I've used to work in hospitality as long as I can think to a point where I was running a actually two restaurants at the same time for a company that ended up doing not so legal things. I got fired because I paid my employees rather than giving the money to the company because they never ended up paying us. Long story short, they got taken to court. They actually ended up because of a whole bunch of stuff in jail too. And then there was the, okay, what am I doing with myself? And came across one of those little mom and pop, pop is the easiest way to explain it, um, in a little tiny town. And I'm like, cool, I'm taking it over. Okay, let's do this. Why not? Wow. Was it near Berlin? Was it a little outside No, that was in Bavaria at that point already. So near Berlin, I lived there pretty much 20 minutes outside of Checkpoint Charlie. So I do remember the wall coming down. My dad was missing for a whole day. I'm like, there were no cell phones at that time, right? Russians in my backyard. So I still remember all of that from those times. But we moved when I was 14. Yeah, we moved from the outskirts of Berlin to Bavaria when I was 14. So... From there on, it was in Bavaria, which is the Hof area. So like an hour north of Bamberg. Bamberg, A lot of people know Bamberg often. And yeah, just a little tiny town pub right there. Why not? After that, you moved to San Diego after Ask Evie was launched and you signed your first client, Pacific Crest Media, and they're a creative marketing agency. Is that correct? (laughs) Oh, God. How much time do we have? (laughs) We have as long as you want. I'll get into this later, but I've been such a big fan of everything that you do and you've helped my business and I see you help so many other people's business. So literally, however long you want, we'll go till, I don't know, all night long. I'm a musician. We we have night hours. So, (laughs) And I feel like I'm starting to get old. I used to be the night owl. No, actually, it was Sacramento first. So I moved to Sacramento in 2007 and then kind of fell into the whole digital scene with my late husband. So late husband was actually the owner of Pacific Crest Media, which was media production from feature length films to TV commercials. I'm like, till COVID hit, I still had one of those um, commercials, a car dealership up in Auburn that I was still taking care of to this day. And it's been now, he's been he passed away, what, five five years ago, six years ago, something like that. So that was the relationship that he had with his clients or anybody else, pretty much. And started out as a friendship and helped him initially on the social media side of things where clients didn't just need the TV commercials, they needed social media too. And I learned really fast, social media content creation is not my thing. Writing posts, writing blog posts, not my thing. 
<laughs> at all. The system behind it and getting people moving on it, yes, but actually doing it, no. Then fell into the web design of things where I was suited a little bit better. So I had content writers and staff that brought things in and I was the builder behind everything. I was building the websites. I was making sense of it, making it look nice. Yeah. And then as we already mentioned, late husband, somebody had to have, something had to happen at some point to make that a late husband and not husband anymore. Um, I'm sorry for his loss, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, in, I need to say a lie, he passed away 2014, which puts us into 2012, maybe 2011. He got diagnosed with cancer, which pretty much put anything and everything to hold. I became a full-time caretaker, handed business off because I never knew when I could finish something between hydration and treatment and doctor's appointment and this and here. It was literally two years more increasingly of full-time taking care of him, which then led to the business you are so excited about now because pretty much after he had passed away, I was looking at everything I had and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? So we had the Pacific Crest Media, which was the whole video production we had ask evie which was web design at that point and i'm like i don't necessarily want to do all of this what (laughs) how and what so pacific crest media became the media agency all together with all the people that i always worked and that's when ask evie started to evolve which as ask evie now Meaning business efficiency. How can we run a business without working our ass off 24-7? That's the goal. That was the big lesson that I learned out of those two years where it's like life is too short. It's like we went into our businesses because of our passion, because we want to do this. We want to teach something. We Something was driving us. And now suddenly many of us are running this business where it's like, oh my God, I got to do this again. Or it's becoming a drag because there is so much admin work that goes along with this. There's so many things that go along with it that we don't have the passion for. We might not want to do. Or how I look at it, that We can automate, systemize, streamline, hand off, find a different way to make more money with the same effort or however we approach it. When he passed, you described transitioning into a new normal Mm -hmm. after being his caretaker and that you were now the CEO of two companies. Was one of them your company, Ask Evie, and then the other one was Pacific Crest Media? Correct. I took his business over. And made it the, the combined everything in there. So the whole web design and social media. And I brought friends in that I had worked with for the last seven years, pretty much. And restructured Ask Evie completely and took it from the web design company into business efficiency consulting. What is your definition of bulletproofing your business? That's something you're really big about. How would you define that? surviving life and everything it throws at you. So in in a longer version, what that means, that the hard lesson I had to learn in those two years, like I was always out for 
building my own recurring income, building my own retirement, coming from Germany, I know what it means to know you have retirement. And moving to the States, I know what it means knowing you won't have it if you don't build it. So I always had the the intention of building something that can pay me without me having to work all the time. I'm not always going to be 20. I'm not always going to be 30. I want to go in retirement. And throughout those two years, if I would not have had angels in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. There were people where we didn't pay rent for the longest time because our landlord was like, don't worry about it. I got you. We had people donating food. We had people donating money. We were, in that case, lucky enough that we didn't have anything. So there were no medical bills. I don't even want to see the medical bills. We went to Stanford. So I was really lucky after those two years. I moved out of the house so that our landlord could sell it and he can make up for the money he lost on us. I had two friends that took me in in a granny flat. I could start over completely. If I wouldn't have had this, which I only had because Pete was fourth generation in that town, he was known. His grandparents built the school. The house was built there for four generations now. They were engraved in that town. Really? If it would have just been me, I would have not had that security blanket or so many people helping me. So with that, coming out of that and looking back and I'm like... There's so many people out there that do not have that security blanket. So bulletproof to me means building businesses in a way that it can support you when you need it. So you don't have to make the decision. I'm always going by the, I'm one, I'm going away from bad things. So the first thing that comes into my mind is always the worst situation possible. Meaning, Your business should provide for you when you want to take care of your loved one. It should be there for you. And then you know what? Hopefully that never happens. And if that never happens, at least you can go take a vacation. What happens if, God forbid, you're ill and you can't run your business and you only have, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or or one other person, what are you going to do? There was a really great, video I watched of you and you'll have to help me out with her name, but it was called Saving Money by Rocking Your Brand Strategy. Do you know what video I'm talking about? I think it was on your channel and you talked about personal and and business branding and what you do with it, the feeling you instill in people. And she talks about how corporate businesses have the brand standard for consistency, whereas personal repelling people is okay and you want people to feel like they're a great match with you and vice versa. And I guess my question is combining Pacific Crest Media with Ask Evie, how have you noticed your personal brand just change over the years and grow and So the episode you're talking about was with Agalen Brand. Oh yes. Uh-huh. We get along well because she's got the Polish background, I got the German background. Oh yeah. I had fun on that one. I was just thinking have a couple of brand people. I'm like, which episode was that? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It was recently, right? Wasn't it? Mm. I, no, not really. A few back. A few okay. Back. Okay. Yeah. I had Stephanie Lewin between and she came to mind there for a second, but yeah, that was Aga Landbrand. So with Pacific Crest, it was, it's, that's more the corporate style. That's the, you don't necessarily see the face with it. You hear the story with it and all of that. 
And I am running Pacific Crest Media still for me to be in that scene. I work with digital entrepreneurs. I want to stay up to date with what's happening in social media, what's happening in web design. That's why I still have that agency and I'm running it as a boutique agency now, actually, because I don't want to become the coach that coaches how to coach. I want to be in it. I want to live it. And to do that, I simply still need an agency. Ask Evie over the time, and that's why I was laughing, has gone quite through the change, literally. I remember back before Ask Evie what it is now with the Wonder Woman theme and the bold red and orange colors and the wings and the logo and all of that. Wings and the logo? I would love to see that. <laughs> you have... Oh, wait, oh, is that your current logo? With the, I think your, the current, your current logo with the similar to the Wonder Woman wings. So you right, got right, the right, yeah. in the middle and the wings on the side, that mm-hmm. one, correct. I believe a personal brand evolves with you. So back in the day, I had initially a phoenix rising out of the ashes because I'm rebuilding things, I'm building things new. It was also a personal statement. I then somehow, I have no idea how the heck I ever got that idea. Ended up with the peach and teal logo and a mandala. I like it. It's nice colors, but it's not my personality. Not at all. It's I'm the bold. I'm I curse. You always got to put the explicit. Funny, sarcastic, bright. That's what I love about your current colors on your website and your just your whole marketing. I feel like people just want to see that you're a real person. You're fun. You have a real life. It's not like this corporate brand. People need people like you because people like me suffer from what you describe as shiny object syndrome. <laughs> we all have it. We all have it. I, I regularly fall back into it. But yeah, I'm like, it was an involve, uh, evolvement actually. And it happened gradually. And I put it back onto actually two people that kicked me out of it. Cheryl Springer who now actually is working with Flowdesk. That woman is freaking amazing, tickling out the personality of somebody and putting it into imagery. She was the first one. And being a friend that's rebranding you, oh God, we had a good fallout where I'm like, this is not what I expect. And she's like, you don't let me do my job. Yes, you are right. So she finally got me into my actual colors, what it is now. And then from there, it evolved with the help of Easel, who took it to the next level. So Easel is a graphic design program. I'm friends with the CEO. They also have a design studio as a secondary business. And they took on and she just had fun with it. And I don't know where Wonder Woman came in there in between, somewhere between those two ladies and those two iterations of my logo. And since then, I'm like, I'm so freaking proud. I would slap that logo literally on anything and everything. But looking at the personal side of things, it also took me because you know me now. And I've always been like this in person, in public. I used to be, and still am, if I don't have people around me that I know where I'm the one standing in the corner and just watching everybody first. I'm the quiet one behind the scenes till I thaw up a little bit and I get used to the people around me. And taking the energy, taking the being okay to drop the F-bomb publicly 
that has taken its time. And just like my brand grew, my comfort level of being me grew. You're going to get the same thing on my YouTube videos you hear on a podcast in real life. You can ask all of my friends. The only thing you might never get to see is me singing in the car because I'm really bad. I only do that when I'm by myself. (laughs) Before we started recording, I told you, I said, I feel like I know you just because you're so authentic in everything I watch of you, whether it's publicly speaking on a stage or you're doing your YouTube channel. And that's why I asked you about personal brand is because it's something that I really look up to building my own brand. And it's just exhausting putting on a facade. I'm like, not that I ever put on a facade. It was literally just personal growth and getting comfortable and just being myself and talking to a camera, right? But yeah, it's like, it's just too exhausting to just paint a picture that you have to keep up all the time. And I got lucky with my videos that I have a really amazing editing team that is having fun with it too and doesn't just cut every F-bump out of it. So People could kind of see through the facade too. It's kind of like when you send a form email out with no personalization and how people could see through that. They could see through when you're putting out a facade and not being your true authentic self. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the platforms that you use. You have systems that you use to help handle leads for clients like Active Campaign, Send, Book Like a Boss, Zoom, ClickUp. I know you're actually a consultant for ClickUp and you have a service with one other woman called ClickUp in real life where you provide guidance and real world applications of ClickUp that it evolves with your both your personal and your business growth, making you feel fulfilled and productive. I love that. I love that on the website. What is ClickUp and why is it such an important piece when building your clients' businesses? You've been around for a while. You know my stuff nearly better than I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. ClickUp is a project management system. So if you haven't heard about ClickUp, I know you have, but if your audience hasn't heard about ClickUp yet, they probably have heard about Asana or Trello. And pretty much for two years now, since I first discovered ClickUp, I've been saying ClickUp is like Asana and Trello had a baby on steroids. So <laughs> Asana, so, so it's, it's a pain, Asana is a pain in the butt. I think they finally took at least the five user minimum off, but I'm sorry, I could never wrap my head around Asana. And I love systems. So I'm like, really? Trello, yeah, it's nice to get started, but it's not helping you. I have so many people moving away from Trello because when you actually are trying to look at your productivity and at the whole company, it's pretty much impossible. ClickUp started out as a tool wanting to replace them all. And they're working on it. They're working well on it. They're not just wanting to replace Asana or Trello. They're wanting to replace Airtable, Google Documents, the whole nine yards. As you know, I am way too honest for my own good. They cannot replace them all yet. They can't, but they've raised some good money, so they're working on it. Why I got so excited about ClickUp is, first of all, internal structure for us. When we work with people, they think differently. When I say red, you probably think of a different shade of red than I'm thinking of. Same way people work. They, some like that whole Kanban look view. Some want to work in a calendar. Some want to work in a list. Some want to work in between those things. ClickUp allows all of that for us. And past just the internal system, I love tools that listen. 
I love tools where I can connect with the company when I literally can freaking email the CEO if I want it right now. Where does that happen nowadays? Nowhere. Nowhere. Zeb is very, there's a lot of great communication with him. He posts on the forum, or not the forum, the community the group, group all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. He is reachable. He listens. We had one situation behind the scenes. So there is, there's a vetted consultant program too. So where I'm part of it too, we have gone through a test to see, do we actually know what we're talking about? I'm like, yeah, I've been around for two years with you guys. I've been through it all. I know what I'm talking about. Just joking. That would be bad. <laughs> But we all got tested on our knowledge and which makes us vetted consultants where ClickUp says, hey, they actually know what they're talking about. We have a couple consultants in there. We have a couple more VA style in there and we can help people set everything up, run ClickUp specifically. And there was a little communication error behind the scenes where information did not quite get as easily transferred to us as it could have been, which we are all passionate. That is literally what makes ClickUp and its community so unique. We are passionate about it. It's like Mac users, which I want now. You have a Peloton, same thing. We get the same passionate about what we do and what we work with. And that happened, and it didn't even take five hours. The news travels to Zap, and Zap is in there, and it's like, hey, something went wrong here. We had a communication issue. I'm sorry, guys. This is what we are trying to do. This is how we're going to handle this. It's all good. Where five does that happen? Carbon. Let's just kind of speak very generally to, to some of the people out there that haven't had a task management system. Why is it so important? I, I know people are might not be familiar with a task management system, but they're familiar with something like Slack. What's the Slack benefit? Slack is a pain in the butt. Why do you say that? Because Slack is becoming more and more the closed off Facebook. But it comes, I shouldn't say it that way. Usually the Slack issue is an issue of not having a system and a process behind it. And you don't have any actionable in Slack too. Slack is a communication. That doesn't mean things are getting done. To get things done, you need a project management system, which I happen to love ClickUp for that. Now, why do you need a project or a task management system? We already talked about that. Life can happen. But let's start small. You are a single-owned business. You don't have a VA yet. You don't have a team. You're really running your own business by yourself. As I mentioned, I'm coming from a web design background. We all have dabbled in website. As business owners, we all have dabbled in website more or less at some point, right? Oh, definitely. Now, I have built how many hundreds websites? And the steps are always the same. They look different. They get moved around a little bit different. But the actual steps behind it are always the same. And I've built hundreds of those. Now, I go through that process and I'm like, oh, did I do that? Did I remember to check that? Where is that image? What do I need to do there? Did I check that off? Do I still need to do that? How much time I waste with this kind of stuff? I was the same way. <laughs> big time. The big time. Thank God we didn't have too many clients when I didn't have something like that because I would have been a, a 
train wreck. Now I do. But to be honest, I used ClickUp for about three months religiously. I used it to manage the do list, client interactions, outsourcing tasks, which is, I know that's something you talk about. The minute that you outsource, yeah, the minute that you outsource a task, boom, it is so easy and you're and you're there. If, if it's done right, because there's always the warning when you start outsourcing, you might just have to invest three times the time training somebody, checking and redoing. Now, actually, checking is the second one and then redoing it yourself the third time. Now, if things are set up right and if you've done your work as a solopreneur and you got that workflow down and the tasks that are needing to be taken care of, If you take that to the next step and you actually implement standard operating procedures, meaning record short videos, write out how it's actually done. Where do they need to log in? Where do you find stock images? Where does the podcast have to be uploaded? And you give that additional information rather than just upload the the podcast, get the thumbnail image. You can hand it off. And the first time you hand it off, you can bulletproof that whole process because what you're going to do is you're just going to hand off and assign that workflow to somebody else. And you tell them you're going to take a pen and paper whenever you run into a question, whenever you run into something that doesn't make sense, whenever you run into something that doesn't work as you expect it to, you write that down. And now suddenly you are bulletproofing that process. Then you clean it up in ClickUp done. All you need to do now is tell the team when there's changes, because there's always changes, let's be honest, update the template, update the SOP, and you suddenly have a living, breathing, standard operating procedure for your business. I love the post feature in ClickUp where you can see who's online, who's working on what, what percentage of their time has been spent on what task. If you're someone as anal as I am, like I have a mail tracker on my Gmail. I like to see the minute somebody opens it, how many times, what links they clicked on. It's a really great way to keep track of everybody. But my problem was I had folders, lists, and, <laughs> and all that, and spaces, and then a community of users going back and forth on their processes. I was just so overwhelmed and I just stopped using it altogether because when you get ClickUp, it's almost like a blank canvas and it's how you what you want to make of it. It's only in the past month or so when I came across your ClickUp YouTube videos <laughs> that I go back to it. And the reason is because you told people how it not to use it. <laughs> and it really did me some insight. it. You've seen it in my YouTube videos. I've broken it. Now I haven't broken it. It's still working. But again, it's like between, you've probably seen my button, the whole status versus stages. Mm-hmm. I had so many people come over from Trello. And I'm like, if you want to grow your business, you can't make 10,000 different statuses. There is five statuses. And I'm like, I've done it. I've done it which is why I know in how much mess you're going to end up when you don't do it that way. And the whole status is <laughs> anybody on my YouTube channel is probably getting really tired of this. Regular standard statuses, meaning is somebody actually working on this? So my standard ones are to do in process, waiting internally, meaning we internally need to make a decision or something needs to be added to it. Waiting externally, those are the ones when the client just doesn't move their ass. We all have those. Approved status, just in case, and a complete status. Those are the only six statuses you should be having, and you can take away if you don't need it. Now, what especially Trello users do so often 
is, oh yeah, that is the block status, or that's a Monday status, Tuesday, Wednesday status. Those are not statuses. Throw those in a custom field drop down. You still can sort by that. There is so much we can do now. Those are not statuses. Those are stages. And you knew why you came to that topic because you knew that was a button for me. I was <laughs> passionate about that. I was going to say too, our listeners by this point are pretty familiar with Dubsado. We had them on an episode and we talked a lot about client portals and the client portal, I always say, number one, it's just a great way to make sure that the client has all the contracts and forms needed to book their event. It's a great way for both parties to say, I can't say I didn't tell you so kind of thing. <laughs> but I always found it's just so hard to maintain people to keep logging into it because it's not. Dubsado, and you, and I got this from you, you said Dubsado is not a task management yeah. But they work really well together, ClickUp and Dubsado. They can work really well together. That's how I run my business. That's how I run my own business. I love Dubsado. The auto-invoicing feature and the auto-deduction feature so my client can literally just check a box and automatically gets I get paid every month. They don't have to do anything. I don't have to. Godsend. Client onboarding, the workflow in the beginning, yes. Task management, oh, hell no. Scheduling, not going to happen. At least not right now. I'm like, they're working on a lot of things. But yeah, where I see Dubsado is the client-facing fanciness of things of where I'm like, especially with coaching clients, I have a form for my coaching clients where it's go grab yourself a Starbucks coffee, schedule half an hour, go grab that coffee, finish the form, I'll see you afterwards kind of thing. And being able to automate that and not having to spend the next two weeks reminding a client and do this and we still need to do that. And here's the invoice. Dubsado has saved me so much time with all of this. Wow. It's a godsend. But yeah, yeah once here. they are a client, they need to get into ClickUp. I love how as you grow your business, the more your workflow grows within Dubsado. And I really love that. At first, I just had, I was telling Biz Johnston is the one who came on from Dubsado. And we were talking about, at first, I just had client science contract. So then I activate their portal. That was my only only workflow I had. And maybe, maybe a thank you confirmation email. Now it's all the way down. But going back to ClickUp, I'm a diehard fan of ClickUp. Now I got it open in a tab right now on Google Chrome on my other screen here. And I bought a template from askev.com which I recommend that everybody does for podcasting. She has so many more templates than just for podcasting. But me being in the wedding industry, podcasting is not something that I've been doing my whole life, even though I'm great at it, right, Evie? No. But anyway, everything that frustrated me about ClickUp was solved instantly with your templates. And it's, it's super easy. It's just a template that opens up in ClickUp and you can save it. And each podcast episode is a task. And I don't want to give too much away because everybody should really go and buy her template, especially if you're a podcaster, the one I'm talking about. But your templates are real life templates that you have made for clients who have hired you for consulting. Is that correct? So how that specific one came about and the audience literally can just, you probably saw the video on my YouTube channel. So you get to see it before you even buy it. Heck, if you don't want to spend the 19 bucks, just rebuild it yourself. Fine with me too. If you want to spend that much time just to save 19 bucks, go for it. But having said that, yeah, this specific one was a was a coffee chat, actually. An early on coffee chat, I think beginning of the year or something like that. And I really liked his approach on 
how he approaches his podcasts. And in the video that goes along with it, I was like, oh my God, I did, I actually did the putting together, I think in our ClickUp in real life Facebook group. So people got to watch me putting this template together and I get in there and he was really specific on each of those tasks where I'm like in the middle of building this template. I'm like, you're joking, right? <laughs> really? I'm like, you literally have a due date for this tiny task and this tiny task and this tiny task. And I show it in the video too, where I have those two versions of this is really detailed and stop micromanaging. You can have the template, have fun with it, but I don't recommend that. And I did a simple version of it where it's, it, doesn't always just come down to building this workflow, but also humanizing this workflow. If anybody in your team or your VA looks at it and is like, what the hell are you talking about? And you literally have a due date for at this image and at that image. I'm like, just have a graphics task with the checklist underneath of, I need this graphic and this graphic and this graphic. Oh, I'd have 20,000 notifications going off. I wouldn't be able to keep track of anything. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite interesting putting this together. And he was nice enough. He sent me his whole workflow over and he got the template for free and I get to build it out and sell it as a template. So it was a win-win. So each... Uh, podcast episode is a task. And then there are checklists within each task. So I click on my podcast episode and click up. Then there's subtasks. So let's say I want to click on the subtask podcast and research prep. There are six checklist points mm -hmm. inside each subtask. So within that podcast and research subtask, I know I need to have affiliates to review and mention creating a Google Doc link with all of your assets, potential links back to the website. I'm assuming that's so you could kind of keep track of your guests' websites. Is that correct? Yeah. So that piece right there is actually SEO-based. So when you have that podcast episode on your website, who can you build backlinks with? So to drive more traffic to your episode, to build up your SEO ranking and your Alexa ranking and your domain authority, so who can you team up with and link with for and back between the websites? Your templates for ClickUp are obviously not just for podcasters. You talk a lot about blogging and social media optimization, content creation. What are some of the things people do not think of when it comes to blogging? Some people just think you write a post, you put it out. And yeah, SEO that's not how that care works. of itself. Yeah, what are, no, what are unluckily not. Not that I'm inventing anything new or coming up with anything new. I've just been living in the scene. So I've been around a lot of people that are teaching all of this. And when it comes to blogging, really having the right sizing of uh, your feature image so that you actually can read it, no matter to which size it resizes, that's still back from my web design days. It's really a pain in the butt when they resize it from the Facebook horizontal image to a square image and other previews and all of that. So that sizing is often an issue. Doing your SEO. I'm like, when you're on WordPress, go get Yoast SEO. It literally makes it dumb proof to make your SEO. Nobody needs to learn SEO nowadays anymore. Just get Yoast. It tells you everything. It also helps you with writing good blog posts. But also making sure that your meta description 
is getting pulled in. If you're using a theme builder, that often gets screwed up. So suddenly your preview on Facebook, when you get that little tiny writing underneath your link, mm -hmm. that could be screwed up because it's pulling something in from that. But even bigger than that, social media. It's like we've all watched the movie, Build It and They Will Come does not work. <laughs> not in blog writing. It doesn't. You need to get your stuff out there. There's another tool you use called Airtable, and you call it spreadsheets on steroids. And I'm wondering I how... I like my tools on steroids. I, I do too. I'm wondering how you use Airtable for blogging and when you need to switch between something like Airtable and ClickUp. What is Airtable meant for? So, yeah. As you already mentioned, Airtable is pretty much Google Spreadsheets just with easier and way more functionality. Interestingly, I am moving more and more out of Airtable because we are getting more of those features in ClickUp. I'm somebody to, I will pull a tool in if it's needed and if it does the job, but if I can use less tools, even better. Right now, we are still using Airtable. One of them is, for example, for things like this. I am doing live interviews too on my YouTube channel. I have a guest intake form on Airtable. And the only reason why I haven't moved it over to ClickUp yet is because we don't have descriptions over in ClickUp, uh, in, in the ClickUp form. So ClickUp does offer the capability of having a form. And when somebody submits something to it, it becomes a task. Now, I was really excited about that, and I was ready to switch till I realized we don't have form subscriptions, and if I ask a guest to give me their mailing address, I would like to say why I want that. So I've been pushing the developer, so that's why still using Airtable. Initially, I loved, I really loved Airtable because I like to collect information. Information in ClickUp usually becomes a task. And when it's completed, it's gone. I'm like, it's not gone, but you want to archive it at some point. You don't just want to have it flying around. You want this to keep it clean. So I do like the spreadsheet look in Airtable and being able to go back, being able to go back to all social media posts, which we create in the same way in a spreadsheet. If it's past guests that I want to send a Christmas present to, if it's the blog posts and what did we focus on? Who is the target market? That's why I had used and still use Airtable to this day. Now ClickUp came out with the table view. So now suddenly I can make ClickUp look like a spreadsheet. So some of those will be changing in 2021. When clients come to you, do clients come to you because there's just so many systems out there and they don't want to have that shiny object syndrome <laughs> that we talked about with all these different things out there to choose from. Is that a big part of your job is finding out what their business is, diving headfirst in their business and finding out what platforms will work for them? Is that something that clients struggle with a lot? That's why my intake form is so long because I literally ask them and I have those as a question in there because a lot of people are like, Oh, yeah, right. We have that tool, too. Oh, yeah, we have that tool, too. So my intake form literally has, okay, what's your email inbox? Luckily, a lot of people use G Suite. What's your newsletter provider? What's your CRM provider? 
Love ClickUp, fine as a small COM, but not as a big COM. Working on that, but still not there yet. So yes, I do ask them, what are you using? And then because I have my fingers enough in all different versions of those tools, I know or I know somebody that knows which ones work best to automate them. As you mentioned, Zapier, oh my God, that's like just throwing kerosene in the fire and making the stuff work by itself. I don't want people to sit there and take information from one tool and put it into the other tool. That's just BS. How do your tools work with each other? I'm looking at it. And again, in a best case scenario, you let me make the decision and I'm telling you which tools we need to switch around to make this work better. How can we connect them? What do we connect? What do we automate? What do we hand off as a task and a workflow to the VA? How can we make this thing running smooth? I loved an interview that you did with repurpose.io. Mm-hmm. Awesome company. I didn't know about them until I watched your video on YouTube. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what they do? Um, me coming from the, the wedding and events industry, we did a live stream about a week ago. It was an hour, a little over an hour stream. And I knew that I can take different pieces of content, smaller pieces of content, maybe put a couple on Instagram, a couple on Facebook, but this is just on a whole nother level. Repurpose.io, yeah. It's as the name already says, it's about repurposing your content. So what we are trying to do is we are all content creators. I don't care if it's audio, if it's video, whatever it is. If it's audio and you want to plug it somewhere where you need a visual with it, put an audio line over it, put an image behind it. You always can create visuals to audio too. I decided to go with video first because I always can extract the audio. But I digress. See, I have shiny object syndrome too. Repurpose makes that process so freaking simple where you build one little piece of content and it's perfectly fine then for Facebook and for Twitter and for, I don't even know, they have so many different outlets and so many different ways of repurposing that one piece of content. I'm like, it's insane. And even we internally have just scratched the surface. You asked him, how do you turn one piece of pre-recorded video and turn it into 25 pieces of content. Why is that important? I just want to read something that he said on that video. This is a quote that he said, the relationships you build through video are way stronger with content. They're real. Show your face. Goal is to create content consistently in all formats, audio and vlog. Go live with a guest by yourself once a week on one topic single video, chop it up a little bit into different one minute key takeaway highlights. And that's what you use on your social media platforms, the full video on YouTube, then turn it into an audio podcast and then take the entire video, get it transcribed and turn it into a blog post. And when you transcribe, it helps build SEO and rankings. And he says that one pre-recorded video turned into 25 pieces of content, five clips for each platform, full video on YouTube, audio version and blog post, and a repurpose.io literally does this for you. It, you just pick what your input is. And so like an hour-long Facebook Live video and then your output and it posts these on different platforms. It's pretty crazy. And the nice thing is because you got a tool with it, you also, all of that still takes time and implementing it and actually doing it. But because with tools like Repurpose.io, you can just take a VA, get 
I love VAs. My VA is a higher paid one in the Philippines and she is worth every goddamn dime because she sounds like me. As I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I don't like writing content and she can literally write as if it's me. With Repurpose.io, you already generated the whole video. You don't have to recreate your voice. Now, you can get one of the lower paid VAs where, sounds bad, you don't need them to think by yourself. Uh, A lot of the Filipinos, they are great with systems. They are great on following instructions and getting stuff done. But when you are looking for somebody that takes initiative, that can think, that has an entrepreneurial mindset, that's a whole nother story. So with having a tool like Repurpose.io, they don't need an entrepreneurial mindset. They just need to follow a system, pluck the stuff in, get it done and done. I don't think they split up the content for you, do they? I think that you no, you just choose your pieces that you want to use. Yeah, but you could also change the headlines, the descriptions, resize it for the different platforms. I just thought that was so cool because I was going insane through Final Cut and iMovie. There was another platform I was using trying to turn an audio podcast into a YouTube video. They're like, "Oh yeah, you just plug that in, and then we put." We put the podcast cover in a little waveform there and you're done. So I thought that was really cool. How do you get clients to stay on task through ClickUp and make it a wonderful client experience and not just internally? So to get, for me with my clients, they are coming to me to actually learn to use it too. So they've already experienced the pain of like you did where it's like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? This is too much. They start with me with actually a training that I have set up within ClickUp. So I have tasks with videos in the task where they are going through and they're learning ClickUp while being in ClickUp and using it. To get the team to use it, daily method of operation. A recurring task every morning that tells you, get in there, check your emails, check your inbox, check your notification, check your ad mentions. And it's the every morning, it's the same process. And if you don't do it, that task is going to add up because I do that as a new task every single day rather than just changing the due date. And now you just learn two different ways of doing a recurring task and click up. It comes down to uh, a lot of my clients already come with the pain. They know what they want to get rid of. So they are motivated to change it. And I gave them the tool to do it. I took a few of your different headlines that you use. What do you call it? Like Trello, it's like Kanban. Is that the word? You uh, mean the box view? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the box view. And I was looking at how you get different clients to work with you in ClickUp. And one of them was a to-do list for the client. One of them was training about ClickUp for the client. So you don't have to spend a three-hour phone call talking to them about ClickUp. The groundwork is there for them. And then you have call notes, videos, Vimeo links, the call recordings. Oh, yeah. You have a client workflow folder. Oh, you're talking about the whole client management video that I did. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch. There's a whole process behind it. I'm like, the Vimeo recording actually is not just for the client. It's also for me. I still have trouble once in a while on remembering things. It's, I don't want to call it PTSD because there's people out there that have way more traumatic experiences than I have, but 
it's one of the causes of those two years in full-on stress where I have moments where I cannot recall a memory. I just can't. It's like a black hole. It's just gone. So for me to be safe that I can do all of my work how I'm supposed to and give the right information and send the right videos over as the follow-up to my calls, I hit the damn record button and I just upload it to Vimeo so that the client can revisit it too. I'm like... So do you use that for clients too though and yourself? The the whole thing. So you share that whole, is it in a list? Do you share that whole list with the client? The clients get their call recording URL every time. So it's only available to them. And how the process is, they schedule their call through my scheduler, book like a boss. That automatically generates a Zoom link, gets into my calendar. I don't have to worry about it. It's there whenever that call comes up. We jump on the call. I hit the record button. We go through... I have call notes because there is usually multiple different sectors in that call where I need to take notes, where here's a couple of ideas that we are thinking about. Here's the homework for the client. Here is videos that I mentioned in the call that explain what they need without me having to spend an hour on the call with them and waste their time. We are action-oriented in that call. If you need additional help figuring things out, and I already have it on a YouTube channel, there is no need for me to show you. You get the YouTube video link. When you have questions, you reach out to me. We clarify things. So yeah, homework, YouTube links for additional education, ideas and plans we have with this, and bug reports. You wouldn't believe how often we run into things where either way, wait a second, this is how this works? This this doesn't make any sense, or it's an actual bug where I literally note them down and call notes so I can submit them to ClickUp and be like, hey guys, I'm like, you've probably watched a couple of my first look live videos where I call out those poor developers. I feel for them, but they actually still love me. So we have those call notes to always fall back on, which then become actually a piece in the call list in my client's folder where they get the link to the call notes, they get the link to the Vimeo link, they get assigned the homework that we talked about that need to get done. Yeah. I'm just curious because you are so fun and vibrant and you just bring in so much energy to everything you do. How many of your clients are in the creative field? If you look at my target market, I'm like, what you don't see behind the camera, which is why I'm looking straight past the camera, is my calendar for next year. And my target market is pretty much content creator. I call them digital entrepreneurs, but it's content creators. So we got a big challenge coming up in January for live streamers. Anybody that wants to click that camera and go live, we have a challenge for them coming up that walks you through the whole process from start to beginning, building those graphics, doing those tasks in ClickUp. How do you optimize your live stream? All of that happening in a five-day free challenge, by the way. So if you want to join, just saying, because it doesn't matter if it's necessarily video or audio. Total self-pitch right here. The next target market we are focusing on is social media managers. So yes, again, creative digital entrepreneurs. The other ones then are my YouTubers. So not just the live streamers that we do in Q1. In Q3, we are talking straight up to the YouTubers. And then end of the year... We are focusing on coaches. So it's all creative in some sense. It's all digital entrepreneurs. And pretty much 
because that's what I'm doing. That's what I know. That's what I've done for the last 10 years. To me, it's easy. I've seen, and again, it's also my thinking. I see systems and processes where other people see chaos. So one of the themes on this show is transforming clients to fanatics during the COVID era and using the COVID era to really focus on the growth of your business. And this is a great time to make sure that your communication is stronger than ever with a client. What, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs during the COVID era to help them really tighten the bolts on their business, whether it's learning a new platform or anything you can think of? The first thing that comes to mind, and that can be because I literally just finished assisting on the next training on that, is NLP. I don't know how much you've seen that on my social media. I've been talking about it a lot lately. It doesn't matter if it's audio. It doesn't matter if it's video. It doesn't matter if it's clients, if it's just talking to a camera. Communication is huge. And I'm bringing back the example of when I say red, you probably think of a different gradient, a different level of red than I am. Communication is the same thing. NLP still, again, I'm still learning. NLP has helped me figure out better how people process information. How do they make decisions? How do they learn? How can I optimize my language of what I'm actually saying for you to better understand me? And that's where, for me, NLP came in because NLP, neuro linguistic programming, works all the way around language patterns. There is visual, meaning you need to see to learn. There's kinesthetic, meaning they're, they're more about emotions. You got AD, which is what you <laughs> AD people, we are the systems people. We need to make sense of things. We need to have things in line. You can read that or hear that by the words that people are using. So neuro-linguistic programming helps you decipher that and then be able to give it back to them so they have this, oh, that's what you are talking about. <laughs> so that, that was my piece that really helped accelerate, still is, again, still learning and have better communications with my audience and my clients. For me, because I run a wedding band, some couples will book us one to two years in advance, and then we have all that time until the wedding. So yeah. it's kind of assumed because couples have either seen us before or watched our videos. It's kind of assumed that the show is going to be great. But one of the things that I always get in my reviews, and I see people who utilize these kinds of systems that we're talking about getting their reviews, is that, man, I really didn't think that this guy was going to have this whole task management system ready for me. And just to make this whole process fun, spread out over a long period of time, like, number one, it kept me in communication with him. I got to know him over the Correct. year. That's, I don't think that's something that a lot of people think about. And so I know that we have... A good portion of our listeners uh, are in the creative field and especially musicians. So I would encourage everybody to think of their music just like how you're thinking about any other business that's not in the creative field. Think of it like a business and, and learn these systems that you're talking about. And it's so, I say it's so easy because it's right in front of me. I'm like, I can see it like day. 
where when somebody signs up with you a year in advance, have a couple automations ready, one for half a year, one for one year, maybe one for two years. Just look at how soon your clients come in and have those emails ready. Using something like Moosend or Active Campaign, you can personalize them. You can throw their names in it and all of that stuff. But have stuff go out. And the closer you go to the wedding, the more frequent you do that. Stay in contact with them. Be like, hey, let go put a Spotify list together of how you want to make people feel. Don't say your favorite music. How do you want to make people feel for the reception dinner or for for the first dance, for the bride and groom, uh, for the the parent, daddy-daughter dance. That was the one I was looking for. How do you want to make people feel? Start getting their musical experience and, and, and how they want to engage with their guests and start working on it. That your bride is going to wait till the last second to make any decisions. Start that stuff early. Make your life easier. You can automate that stuff. Totally. And I love the check-in process too through through Dubsado or Active Campaign. Mm-hmm. You're not even thinking about it. You're like, hey, just want to make it's sure funny. that you've taken a minute to select the music for your wedding. Like little things like that just go such a long way. And that's something that a lot of vendors do. But anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you sign up with ClickUp for their paid plan, through you, they can get 15% off for the entire duration that they use it. What is the affiliate link? So you don't even necessarily need an affiliate link when you either way upgrade or you buy it. So with the next bill or with the next upgrade, whenever, find that coupon field and type in all capital letters, ask Evie, that's A-S-K-Y-V-I and 15 afterwards. And that's lifetime. So... You're going to see coupons swirling around out there that are bigger than that, but they are just one year. Let They're me ask good you, for one year. Where do you see task management systems in the future in the next two years or so? Do you think task management is going to blow up even more than it is now? Yes, task management is going to become more and more needed, especially having survived 2020, knock on wood. So much has grown home-based. So many offices have closed down that so many more people are home-based. You don't have the whole, hey, did you get this done in the office anymore? So it it has to go that way. And I think what I have seen people realize this year is what I've been trying to teach everybody since Pete passed away. Life is too short to do the things you want to do tomorrow. So people, my business exploded this year because people finally understood what I was talking about. And people want to live their life. We have no idea if we're going to make it to 65 and actually make it to our retirement. I want to live now. I want to get my pilot license. I want to get my own plane. I want to go out there. I want to do things and live my life and not sit at this computer 24-7. I love my business. I love what I do. But there is more to life than this. And that's what people have realized this year. And I hope in the digital space, let's put it in the digital space. There's a lot of people out there that are really struggling, especially with our full on lockdown here in San Diego right now. My heart goes out to hospitality businesses and all of those guys. In the digital scene, 
we have learned this year what we need to do to be able to survive this. And that comes down to task management. Evie helps accomplish balance between business and personal life and helps you streamline your business, build residual income, and find passive income strategy that fits you, makes your business work for you, so you can enjoy all the good things in life. Thanks for having me. And that was Yvonne Hyman from Ask Evie. If you want Evie as your sidekick in your own business, have Evie speak at a live or online event and leave guests inspired and excited with action points that they can implement right away. Or to browse her blog for tech and productivity tips, visit her website at www.askevie.com. That's www.askyvi.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And thank you for all of the continued support. You are extraordinary. We'll see you next week.